0: Hey everyone zach dixon here and welcome to today's episode of animalators curious conversations from the world of animation today on the show we have the very talented david stanfield david's impressive portfolio includes projects for clients like fox reddit facebook and airbnb and he is also the co-founder of the very fun international collaboration nine squares i've had the incredible privilege of working with david in the past on a project here at identity and he is now one of my go-to guys for getting early feedback on my own work. Uh, so I'm so pumped to have him on. Episode number three, here we go. Well, David, welcome to Animal Leaders. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Zach. It's uh, it's an honor to speak with you again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we, we just saw each other not too long ago at Blend, which I must say was awesome. Yeah, man um and you just got back from a trip to London which we'll talk about a little bit later um, cool. but i guess first so i i understand and, and i think you're just talking about this on twitter this morning but i realize you you went to school for advertising <laughs> is, is that correct yeah oh yeah is there is there like I, I my first question i guess is just like did that was there any kind of like motion training in in that, like how how did that kind of transition into where you are today?
1: Yeah, man, that's a good question. I, I'm a complete oddball um, in the way that I got to motion design. It's, it's a really weird path. Um, I actually had never even heard of graphic design um, until I was like a junior or senior in college. Um, I, I honestly didn't know what that word would have meant um, until later. So... I went to school um, for advertising. I'm not really sure why. I think I, I'm just, my brain has always been kind of wired to think about uh, the, the messaging behind things, I guess. And I've always found, um, I don't know, just marketing interesting. Um, that sounds really stupid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I went to school for advertising. Uh, I did have an art minor, but the school that I went to just there was the art program was basically non-existent at the time. And all, all that means the art minor means is that I took every art class they had, which, which wasn't much. Um, but what they did have uh, just kind of by, by, by luck was um, an illustrator class. Um, so I took both, both of those, they had two illustrator classes and they had like an InDesign class, I think it was called desktop publishing. (laughs) Um, So I took those and really got into illustrator um, right off the bat. And I was like the kid who would stay in the, in the Mac lab late, late into the night, you know, into the wee hours of the morning. Um, I also took every photography class that they offered and uh, had a roommate and we would just go in the dark room and um, just nerd out over making prints and developing prints and developing negatives and all that fun stuff.
0: So you you started with design illustration and and photography. Did, did you start animating while you were in school?
1: No, no. Um, so I graduated in, uh, 2005 from college. I think that's right. And for the next, um, from like 2006, my my first job out of college was doing page layout for a magazine, uh, like a really a really uh, a really awesome, but not that awesome uh, local magazine. <laughs> it was more like a newspaper actually. Um, and from there, I got a job doing page layout again, um, layout and design for a magazine, and that's uh, that's what brought my wife and I to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and eventually, through that job, I discovered motion design. The, the part of the company that was doing the magazine got sort of absorbed by the, the parent company, and that happened to be a TV network. And so, all of a sudden, I was getting to work with guys who were um, animating for TV, for like broadcast graphics. Oh wow. So like Yeah. Yeah, for me it was it was amazing. It was like this whole new world. Um I started getting to <clears throat> di- direct and design show packages. Um so the first thing I did oh, that's, is that's super cool. Yeah, for me it was like really cool and and to be honest with you way more interesting than graphic design, which is what I what I thought I'd just kind of always be doing in some form. Um, so the first thing i got to work on was this show about like uh, music videos it was like a top 10 video show and um ah cool so we got to go and shoot this band on this white psych wall and they're like jumping around and when they landed all these like this is when like everybody was doing watercolor stuff <laughs> and uh <laughs> when they landed all these splashes of bright vibrant colors would like explode out but um so i didn't i didn't animate that but i got to design the the design frames and kind of direct the design side of it and got to be on the set for the shoot and all that stuff so it kind of like opened up this whole new world and I was like wow this is so much more interesting than making a poster
0: do you feel like your your kind of design background I mean I mean that's that's like kind of what got you into that does that um do that kind of like inform your your path a lot did that did that make for an easy transition
1: yeah i think it i think it did in some ways and in other ways it made for kind of a kind of a hard transition that i'm still trying to get through um i don't know i I feel like there's kind of two as far as i've seen there's kind of two types of of motion designers and there's there's the guys that get to it by way of video um and then the Mm -hmm. guys like me that get to it by way of graphic design um and I feel like this probably isn't always true. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of crossover, but I feel like guys that get to it by way of video, um, their work tends to have like a lot more depth and maybe more atmosphere, and um, they're they're better at making things. Uh, I don't know, like more cinematic or just have a larger scope, maybe. Um, but for me, like, um, I feel like my compositions are. Are, are strong and my use of color is is strong, um, but at the same time my style frames tend to look like posters. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah, I have a hard time thinking in terms of of depth and um, uh, you know space and how to use that that uh, that whole like toolbox. It, it comes a little bit more difficult for me.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, there's de- I, I would say there's there's pros and cons to coming at it from both ways. What what would you say are the kind of Um, I don't, I don't know the pros, like what, what are the, the pros of coming at it from kind of that design illustration background?
1: Well, I mean, just from a really technical standpoint, learning after effects, the, the software itself came pretty easily for me because it does resemble Photoshop and Illustrator. And that's, you know, what I'd been living in for years at that point. Um, so that hurdle was probably a little bit lower for me, um, than if I had just been like Editing videos in Final Cut or something like that. Sure. Um, but from a aesthetic standpoint, I don't know. I, I guess um, yeah. Just just kind of not having to. Like I felt pretty comfortable on the design side of things. Obviously, if there's, al- there's always room for improvement. Tons and tons of improvement. But oh yeah, sure. What I've really been um, focusing on learning for like the last five years is more on the animation side and i still feel like that's you know that's like a whole ocean that i'm barely even dipping my toe in at this point you know what i mean
0: yeah no i mean it's that there's it's it's incredible the the amount of stuff that there is to learn but i, I feel like um I, I don't know man i mean you, your your work is is obviously fantastic I, I love the chances i've had to work with you in the past gosh um, thanks and, and it's great it's super cool to see your I don't know, your design sensibilities definitely come through in your work. And then, and I don't know, do you have any kind of maybe advice for people who um, are starting as, as a graphic designer or illustrator, trying to, to move into animation? Like, what, what would you have to say to them?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Well, I can tell them what I tell myself at the beginning of every project. <laughs> um, <laughs> my... Tendency is to is to when I'm when I'm sitting down and when I have kind of the look established and I'm starting to design out the scenes for a piece. My tendency is to like design things that are um, you know proportionate to my animation skills, <laughs> which yeah. is like design in a way that I know I can animate. But what I try and tell myself at the beginning of every project is don't worry about the animation just yet. Um, start with start by making it look as good as possible and telling the story in in the most effective way possible with, with your design frames and then worry about animation later. In other words, don't limit myself (laughs) because of a fear of not being able to pull it off in the animation. Um, I find that that's the best way to push myself because I do have such a long way to go on the animation side of things, especially, um, I feel like that's a good way to push myself and, and and not kind of react to the, to the fear of not being able to pull it off once I bring it all into after effects. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's, that's good. I mean, I, I, f- I feel that too. Planning out videos. I mean, you start with, I, I don't know. I feel like you try and frame projects in the way that you know, and in, in the way that you're mm-hmm. like comfortable with. Um, but, but let's say, say you've done that. Say you you've, um, you storyboarded something out that maybe you're, you, you don't quite know how to animate, like, um, how how do you kind of overcome that? How do you kind of, um, what's kind of your process for, I, I don't know, taking that maybe difficult frame and then putting it in motion. Do you just like sit at it and just work it out over time? Do you do research? Uh, how do you kind of bring those difficult new ideas to life because that's a really, I mean, it's a scary thing, right? You come up with an idea, you're, you're maybe not sure how it's going to execute. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how maybe you, you bring that together?
1: Uh, Yeah. For me, it's, it's literally what you said, just sitting down and chipping away at it. Um, I feel like there are, there are so many guys out there where um, I'm sure they just kind of animate stuff in their sleep and they just see it that way. And, you know, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't um, tax them so much, but uh, I'm in in the middle of a project right now where I I did that to myself. You know, I put myself in a corner um, with the design, (laughs) with with the style frames, not knowing how I was necessarily going to pull it off. It's like this kind of liquidy effect. Um, And for me, it it meant just sitting down with that one scene for like three days straight. And um, I I think it's like... You know five seconds of animation Um, and there's probably a million better ways that it could be done Um, that's another thing by the way that I would tell guys who are just starting out and wanting to get into it Um, if you're on Twitter and even dribble and stuff Vimeo comments whatever like a lot of people out there seem really hung up on like how you did something which I get it. I get. I get kind of the fascination with that, or the obsession with like doing things the best way possible, or the quickest way possible, or like using only expressions to get this thing, because otherwise you're a hack or whatever. Um, but for me, like the client and the audience, they're never gonna know how something was arrived at, and what what I really care about, um, and what the client really cares about, and and any viewer who's gonna see it is the result, meaning the visual. So I don't know, I'd say like get in there and get your hands dirty and just try and see how you can figure it out. And don't worry so much about um, technique or the, 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 you know, the technical means and after effects that you arrive at a solution. Um, at least, especially right, right at the beginning, um, just get in there and try to make it look the way that you see it in your head. And if you can achieve that, and it looks good in the final render, um, that's kind of what matters more, uh, as far as I'm concerned, anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, well, let's back up a bit. So you found yourself before at this, you know, network TV job, and and now you find yourself as a full time freelance animator. Um, how'd you make the jump? Can you, can you kind of tell us that story really quickly and then maybe talk about why you decided to pursue full-time freelance?
1: Yeah, man. Um, to, to make a long story short, I was at, at a job for eight years. I was extremely comfortable there. Um, you know, I had, I had four weeks paid vacation. I had, I was paid pretty well. I had benefits and all that. But I was feeling um, like it was just a paycheck and, and not something that I was really invested in in any way other than receiving money. <laughs> um, I was commuting forty five minutes both you know both ways and, and feeling kind of uh, just um, uncontent, discontent, discontent, uh, unfulfilled, <laughs> and um, just really itching for. For something else. And um, really, it was motivated by a desire to be with my family more. Um, I have three kids. I have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son, and a one-year-old uh, son, 16-month-old. And um, I don't know, when I went freelance, uh, our third was on the way, which was terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet. And, and, you know, it was not a decision that was easy for me. It, it was sort of months of, um, talking in circles to my wife and pros and cons lists. And she eventually awesome woman that she is just said, uh, you know, uh, the risks, you, you know, the potential rewards. Um, I believe in you. If you want to do this, I'm behind you and I think you're going to do great.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Um,
1: so super awesome. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it was March and I quit my job and Went out on my own. I, I had also, uh, I should say that I had also been saving up money and uh, I had had about six months of, of expenses saved up. And ah. um, I, had, I had also been building up um, freelance work. So I'd I been working basically two full time jobs for a period of like four or five months um, before I took the leap to go out. So, yeah.
0: So, you know, if, if there's anybody listening out there who maybe wants to make that jump, like what, what was the moment that you kind of, uh, I mean, it sounds like maybe it was a bit more of a gradual decision, but, um, cause there's obviously some, some really scary things about going freelance, but there's obviously tons of, of positives as well. Um, was there anything particular that was like, this is, this is why I, I, I want to leave my, you know, relatively safe position and, and go into freelance?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, for me, I guess it was a little bit more philosophical than, than career-driven, um, making that decision. But for me, it was, you know, there there are higher things to aspire to in life than comfort. Um, there are more interesting things to aspire to than merely being comfortable. And um, I don't know, phrases that a lot of people find cliche and cheesy, I find really, really motivating <laughs> and inspiring and um one that stands out to me that, that I read at the time um or maybe it was a, a buddy of mine told me I can't quite remember but it's something along the lines of um a ship is safest in the harbor but that's not what ships were designed for um and for me that was that was something that really stayed with me. Like, uh, yes, it's more dangerous to, to go out into the open sea, but, um, you know, I wasn't made to just sit in, in the, in the relative safety of my job, you know? Um, and then also just the nagging thought that, um, if I didn't try it, I would always wonder if I could have, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. and, and finding, finding success, not in, uh, making money or in uh, status or like recognition on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but finding success in the fact that I went for it and mm-hmm. that I'm feeling fulfilled and that I'm with my family more. Um, those were all huge motivators for me.
0: Well, yeah, and, and you bring up an interesting thing that I think a lot of us can, can struggle with and this could be a whole half hour podcast in itself. But I mean, like, yeah. how, how do you combat the the desire for like internet popularity, right? Cause I feel like that's something that mm-hmm. what we do is so like out there. It's so public and in, in a, a world that's seemingly driven by Vimeo likes and dribble likes and staff picks and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, how, do, you, do you feel like it's easy to separate yourself from that?
1: I would love to say like, ah, oh, man, not, not really. I'm above all that. I don't care. I don't check. I don't check on that stuff. Um, but you know, I, I do. I do. I do care, and that stuff, whether it should or shouldn't, it's a motivator. Um, however, I think it might be a little easier um, to not care so much about it because when I get home, uh, you know, I, I've got three little humans that run up and hug me, um, no matter what. They, they don't <laughs> yeah. really care. They don't really care about what I. <laughs> To or like how many, how many likes I got on something. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna hug me either way. And, and, you know, if I get like five Vimeo staff picks in a week, they're also going to crap their diaper and I'm still gonna have to change it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, when I get home, so it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a great, um, I don't know. It just keeps you, keeps you down to earth, I guess. Cause, uh, you know, I get home and, um, it it's, it's, becomes real obvious real quick what my real job is and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with um illustration or animation or yeah, certainly not retweets or anything like that so that's awesome
0: well well i i personally am super glad that you decided to kind of make that jump into freelance because we've gotten to work together um which was super fun and uh, ho- yeah, ho- man. hopefully we we'll get to do it again soon but yes. uh, and and you've had some pretty fantastic opportunities let's uh, you just recently did the kind of, like, opening graphics package for Reddit's new AMA series, Ask Me Anything. Uh, anybody listening should go check that out. Uh, super cool sequence. Um, yeah, just can you, can you give us maybe, like, a really quick story of kind of how that project came together?
1: Yeah, for sure. That was, that was a really fun project. Um, um, a couple guys... Uh, Steven and Jordan, who used to work at Verge.com. I had done some work with them uh, last year, um, 2014, for for a, a show on com, and um, they uh, recently switched over to Reddit, and they're heading up um, the new video side over there, and doing a really awesome job. Um, both really super cool guys, just nice guys, um, working really hard, and they were nice enough to come to me and ask if I could do that um, since we had worked together on The Verge stuff. And um, Yeah, that project was fun because it was kind of this bite-sized thing. Like, I'd been doing a lot of longer stuff, like minute-long, two-minute-long videos, and um, had done some really kind of long projects over the summer. Um, and this one was just like this little five-second animation. Um, and I got to design the look for AMA, and and then do the animation. And honestly, like, the project was really fun because it all just came together uh, so easily. It was it was one of those rare projects where I sent sent the design over and had some notes some notes for them uh, about why I did what I did, and they were like, "Yeah, we love it." <laughs> and what? yeah, and that was and that was that was that. And then uh, kind of the same deal with the animation. Sent the since the first pass of the animation, it was like, yeah, we love it. Um, which that hadn't happened to me in a really, really long time. So (laughs) I, I could have
0: such a good feeling.
1: Yeah. I could have kissed them on, on their faces. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it just, yeah, it just came together really easily and, um, kind of effortlessly, which again is, is pretty rare. Um, for me, so. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did you, did you put together, it's a pretty short piece. Did you put together any storyboards or is it just kind of like a simple pitch frame?
1: Yeah, I actually sent them a few frames, um, kind of laying out how I saw it going, um, how I saw the animation going. And also I had made this kind of library of, um, little illustrated elements that make up this explosion. It was kind of supposed to feel like, anything is possible so you have all these little shapes um, and they were kind of derived from the um, the reddit logo itself the cool the, the T has a little rounded bottom corner so all the shapes and icons have a little rounded bottom corner on the right side um, so I sent them that little toolkit of shapes and kind of the process of my thinking behind it with with the logo and uh, yeah it kind of went from there
0: Nice. So uh, how, how long was the project? I'm curious, but from like, um, kind of start when you like really started, like kind of hardcore work on it till kind of delivering them the first draft.
1: Uh, man, I think it all happened within like a week and a half for two weeks, oh, wow. or something like that. That's yeah, crazy. it was a, it was a really quick thing and it came at a good time. Um, just with my schedule, I had a lot of bigger projects going, but I was mm-hmm. sort of waiting for um responses from clients back on this so it kind of fell right into place
0: cool well yeah i mean it, it turned out super great i i really love that piece and and man that uh, that's, thanks man it's crazy it's it's going to be great there's there's so many cool people that they interview in that i'm really excited to see where the series goes um and yeah I, yeah and me too then i get to see a, a david stanfield original
1: <laughs> kicking it off um, yeah <laughs> But, uh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, so so let's move on to Nine Squares. Tell us a little bit about you know for, for someone who hasn't heard of what Nine Squares is, give us give us a real quick you know this is what Nine Squares is, and then man you man you've had tons of really cool opportunities with with Blend and you just conferences like Blend and and you just went to London for another conference mm. uh, and I was able to participate on a couple rounds which are super fun. Um, so yeah, how did how did Nine Squares start?
1: Yeah. nine squares, man, uh, <laughs> nine squares is like a case study in how weird the internet is. <laughs> um, Al Boardman, who's a uh, really awesome guy over in the UK, he lives in Bristol, um, which, uh, I believe is East of London. Uh, I probably got that wrong. Um, it's, 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 Geography, it's over man. there. It's, it's yeah. Tough. It's hard. Uh, it's, it's somewhere over there, but, um, Al's an awesome guy. He's a really hardworking guy, really talented. And he posted this GIF of these twelve squares, and on Twitter uh, he just linked to it and said, "Here's something I made." And I said, "What if we, uh, what if we, uh, changed it to nine squares, and each square was submitted by a different animator, and it was like this blind kind of happy-go-lucky collaboration." And Al said, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, Skip Hirsch was also on on the thread on Twitter, looking um, part of the discussion. He said, "Yeah, let's let's do it. I'll, I'll help out with this." And within thirty minutes, we had nine people—the uh, three of us wow. and six others—and then within like two hours, I think we had the next round filled up. <laughs> I think I think um, that was
0: me. I was like, "I got to get on this. This is sweet,
1: dude." Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's just like it was just it just happened, and, and it's so easy, like. We made the rules really defined, but also really open, which is kind of my favorite way to work, anyway. Yeah. What um, What are the rules? So the parameters are: it has to be three seconds, it has to be a loop, and you're using a four color palette that we define for you. Um, and and it and it um, it's it should be fairly abstract. That was kind of it when we started. Um, so it's it's wide open, but it's also you know you have some good parameters to 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 kind of push against Mm -hmm. um and for me it was also coming at a time again where i was doing longer stuff and the idea of just like i envy these guys like al who get paid client uh gif projects like hey we want you to make like 10 three second gif animations i i I thought at the time (laughs) that would be like a really fun project but i never got those um so I was like, man, I just want to like i'll give myself that project since I can't seem to get them from anyone else, yeah, um, and two, like we wanted to keep it I, th- I think it was very conscious to keep it stress free for anyone who might want to participate. you know, um, you can sit down with your laptop and make a three second animation um, in an hour or two if you want, or you can spend a week on it that's fine too oh,
0: yeah it's it's amazing to see the I don't know the just the variety in like complexity, but on, in style. I mean, you get guys doing like some cell animation. I yeah, feel like yeah, I've seen right. some like Cinema 4D stuff. I mean, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I know doing and it and it's funny too because like I when I first you know, it was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. It was such like, I was like, oh, you know, I could probably get this done in an hour. And then like, like four ideas later, you know, I'd (laughs) scrapped certain, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so, I I don't know. It was was fun, but it was also like such an interesting challenge.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Um, I think what's really awesome about it is just like now we're in our 20th round. We started, I think it was sometime around February. Um, We're in our 20th round, you know, we've had hundreds of Guys and girls from all over the world. Um, I need to tally up how many how many countries have been represented and what countries. But um, yeah, man, I, I think the the joy of it is just getting to like make stuff with complete strangers um, mm. and just kind of see the result of something that's purely just for fun. Uh, no no money changes hands or anything like that. Yeah.
0: So so like uh, you've you've had a chance to kind of collaborate with a few conferences now um, you are just in London for that. What, how, how did those come about? Like what, and, and I don't know, you've, you've gotten to go to a couple of them as well. Like you actually got to go to these, these conferences where these, these have been displayed and, and how, how did those come together?
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I think in, in large part due to some, some fairly good press that the project has gotten, um, it's been, it's been featured by Wired US and Wired Germany and wow. um, a couple other couple other cool things. Um, so I think people kind of caught wind of it just just from those online articles and maybe just seeing it float around Tumblr or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, uh, an outfit in London called uh, 1.0 had us make a custom square, which is the one that uh, you participated in. It's all black and white. Um, it's one of my favorite ones, actually. And uh, they had us do a custom square for their event in London earlier in, earlier this year. And, um, and then uh, Jorge, who put on blend in Vancouver, um, he had us uh, do a custom a custom nine square round for blend and they actually projected it onto the logo for blend and the logo for wine after coffee, which is just super fun yeah, and special. Yeah, I, lo- I
0: love that. It turned out so great. It was, it was really cool to see it in action.
1: <laughs> it was a trip, man. Um, so, that was like, I don't know, just people being generous and asking us to be a part of their, their awesome things. Um, and then more recently, uh, um, uh, the Tate Britain Museum in London um, contacted Al and asked if we'd be interested in doing a collaboration for, they have an event once a month called Late at Tate. Hmm. And um, over over 7,000 people came through. Um, it's specifically geared towards 18 to 25-year-olds to kind of get them interested in art um, in London. And so uh, they asked us to do a, a, a one-off square for that. Um, the color palette was pulled from a Francis Bacon painting uh, a series of paintings that's cool and yeah and they they had the they had the square projected right above the painting like in the gallery space and we helped host an animation lab downstairs where people could come through and like play with making gifts and um yeah it was it was uh pretty surreal pretty surreal
0: so i don't know i i feel like it at least, at least for me, I, th- I feel like the the motion design community has been great. It's been it's been very friendly and welcoming um, to to a relative yeah. newcomer. Like, do you think that Nine Squares is kind of, I don't know, like what has been your experience with that kind of maybe collaborative and and, and like, do you think it kind of speaks to the nature of our industry?
1: I hope so, man. Uh, I think it does. I know for me, it's been nothing but positive. Um, I've had the same experience with the motion design community online as a whole. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, kind of, I like to think that nine squares is something that, that we're giving to the community and now it's got kind of some eyes on it, you know, from, from Tumblr and Twitter and stuff like that. And hopefully like it shines a light on talent and lets people, um, take part in something with other artists that they've never otherwise get to collaborate with. Yeah. Um, you know that yeah. I, I hope it. I hope it is like furthering that spirit of community and um, you know just openness and generosity and uh, kind of all high fiving each other all the time. I think. Um, I think there's plenty of room for more of that, and hopefully nine squares is an encouragement to people who participate.
0: So we kind of end each each episode with kind of the same few questions. Uh, okay. So the first one: Who is your dream client?
1: Um. Yeah, I don't. Um. I don't know that I really have a dream client per se. I think. Um, I think maybe a better way for me to answer that, or a more honest way for me to answer that, would be like a dream project. Uh, I don't really care where it's coming from necessarily, but yeah. um, I'm I'm really into just any anything where there's um, where there's a good bit of creative freedom, but not just like go off and make something whatever you want is fine, but like creative collaboration, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing projects where the person that I'm working with or working for is is open, but also uh, is just on it and knows what the know what they want and is able to give really good direction. Um, You know, like if I get a long list of revisions, but they all make the piece better, then I'm stoked. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. those are great. That makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Um, And a a lot of times the people that work that way are actually the most open creatively also. So I don't know. I love projects like that. Um, I don't know. I'd love to do more. This sounds funny probably, but I'd love to do more like kid-oriented stuff. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I got, got to do a little app intro for a kid's app by this company, Tiny Bop, and they make these amazing kid's apps. And it was actually like one of the most fun times I've had working on a project this year. Um, oh, that's awesome. So I, I don't know how you how you say that other than more stuff for kids, but <laughs> that'd be fun.
0: So next question, your favorite animated film?
1: Oh yeah. Um Well, I will say uh the first animated movie that I ever saw in a theater was Aladdin. Mm. And that's probably a really obvious answer for someone in our age group, but um <laughs> I just watched it again for the first time in I don't know, like Definitely over ten years, maybe for the first time in over twenty years, I don't know. But I just watched yeah. again last week with my kids, and I have to tell you, it it, uh, it held up, and my <laughs> kids it, were uh, fascinated and fixated. So
0: was it? A, was it a? Re, did they do a remastered version of that? I feel like they're always like opening the vault or or whatever they call it with like oh, new man. remastered versions, HD or something. Maybe or, uh, it like- was
1: <laughs> it was Blu-ray, and my wife found it oh, wow. on sale, and so she bought it. <laughs> she bought it. <laughs> um, but I am That's looking awesome. forward to sitting down with like seeing what kind of behind the scenes they put on that thing. Cause, uh, that'd oh, be I didn't pretty even think awesome. About that. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So what does your kids think that dad does all day?
1: Um, they probably think that I make really boring cartoons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? It's like, uh, yeah. not nearly as cool as, you know <laughs> my little pony or um, oh uh, like Bob the builder that, that's kind of what my kids are into these days um,
0: yeah that's I don't amazing. know they,
1: they know that I do something where things move around usually <laughs> on an iPhone screen because that's where I'm showing them okay yeah so they probably think I make iPhone movies or something
0: do they is is the tiny bot project their favorite do they have like a favorite project that you've done or do they do they not? not get into it that much i don't i don't think they think of
1: it quite in those concrete terms but i will say whenever i do show them something they ask to see it again and again and again which makes Ah, that's awesome you know it makes me feel good it's like yeah it's like way better than a than a vimeo like you know (laughs) 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 no they they uh they kind of just like anything that's moving on a screen right now (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right man last question what animal did you choose for your animalator and why
1: okay i have an answer for this um <laughs> i made a hedgehog and the why is just it's super cute man um <laughs> i i have google imaged some hedgehogs and found some baby hedgehogs and they're adorable and i knew my daughter would like it so i actually haven't shown her the hedgehog yet but um Ah, you
0: got you got you. Also,
1: a fun fact yeah. about hedgehogs is that they uh, they curl up in a ball to protect themselves, um, not just from predators, but also uh, when they fall down. Which I found hilarious. Um, to just picture like a really clumsy hedgehog falling off of something and just curling up in a ball like he, he's he's good. He's always good.
0: Well, now my whole day is gone because I'm gonna go look up yeah. videos of hedgehogs falling on the ground.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, to find out more about David's work, head to his website at DavidStanfieldIsMe or follow him on Twitter at David B. Stanfield. Animalators is produced by Form & Function. You can find out more about them at formandfunctionmedia.com. Our theme music was written and produced by Cody Fry. To learn more about what we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out IdentityVisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to check out Animalators.com to see David's Animalator and to get bonus content from this show. If you like this podcast and we've heard from a lot of you that you do, please make sure to spread the love. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review or find us over at SoundCloud. We'll see you guys back here again in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators, Curious Conversations from the World of
1: Animation.